Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. I'm joined this week for part one of our best spring flowering trees. We're looking at, at the western U.S., basically Colorado. Sean Hose is assistant district manager at a South Denver uh, Davy Tree expert in Colorado. How are you doing, Sean? I am doing very well today. It's nice to be here and nice to talk with you. So let's talk right off the bat about what kind of flowering trees grow in Colorado actually grow. Uh, none are native, actually. Uh, we've pretty much had to plant any kind of flowering tree that we would want. We would have to actually put it here, bringing it over from the east, the north, the south, bringing them over, uh, making them work. Uh, we're, we're in a high plains desert kind of climate. Uh, a lot of the things are smaller trees that we've had to make them work. You know, we have some evergreens that are mostly what kind of native kind of stuff is. There are some other trees, but no trees are actually flowering per se that we find here we had to put them here what's the first one on your list that you love uh looks wise uh to me i'm gonna probably get a little thing from other people but i like uh the pears uh the especially the chanticleer pears they got nice really 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 showy white flowers uh, as soon as they start blooming to me like everyone can see them everywhere like especially they're all over people plant them because they got the nice pretty flowers and everything uh, they just, the flowers don't smell great though. <laughs> and that's what, that's what puts them off for a lot of people. For that type of pear tree, how is the structure of it? Because we talk a lot about, or at least I've talked to arborists before about certain pear trees and they're down on like Bradford pears just because out here on the East anyway, they have, uh, they're prone to cracking. Yeah. Uh, so the ones that we have here, the Chanticleer pear and anything like that, they're uh, they're not they don't get as thick and so the bark doesn't the included bark is usually what happens with like Bradford pears like you mentioned uh like I I knew those but I started off in Dallas and we had Bradford pears like you said that would all the time split apart because the bark got too big but the structure of the Chanticleer pears and they uh they go pretty straight up and they don't usually get super thick so they're not pushing on each other too much you don't have you're not as prone to breaking as some of the other eastern species how would you explain the climate where you're at as far as uh, how fast things are growing? Uh, is, is, it a, is it a fast growing area or what would you say? I would definitely not say that. Okay. Uh, we're a very dry climate. We don't get a lot of fast growth. Uh, you know, we get a couple inches to a foot, depending on the species of kind of stuff we get. That's nice, but pretty much we're so dry that there's so much irrigation that needs to be done to keep trees watered, to keep them healthy. Uh, that's one of the reasons that we don't have a lot of the flowering is uh, just we don't have the right water to try to get the flowering species to go, as well as we have the freeze potentials that happen because we, we do, you know, get snow all the time, you know, every once in a while. Uh, but we'll go from like the nice, really warm days in summer and then go into the winter with the snow and everything. So we kind of get it all, but with just not a lot of moisture is the main thing. In your part of Colorado, when is the latest you could possibly see snow? Latest? Yeah. Uh, um, we usually, everyone always calls it the Mother's Day snow. Uh, <laughs> it's, like, so, like, you know, we haven't had snow since maybe early March. Uh, and uh, 
but I will say we had so much snow in February. Like it was almost every week we had, it was like every four or five days we had multiple inches of snow. Uh, we haven't had since, like I said, March, uh, we're hoping we're out of the snow, but like I said, we, we usually expect one late April, early May. We usually get one more and it's usually how it works out. All right. Next tree on your list. Uh, Catalpa, Northern Catalpa. Oh, wow. Cool. Uh, you know, I would say we don't have a ton of them here, you know, cause like I said, gotta get planted here, but I, I love the big heart shaped leaves and then the big white flowers pretty much when those are flowering, everyone, that's one tree that people really want. If you're talking about flowers, they'll go with those and it makes sense because it just looks really nice. Gosh, growing up in Ohio, we had one right in the backyard and mm -hmm. for, for that period of time, it was a very unusual tree. And then I, the big giant seed heads or seed pods on them too. Am mm -hmm. I thinking right? Is this the right tree? Yep, that's exactly yeah. Okay. Uh, that's, and, a, uh, the, that's a cool tree. Oh yeah, the, the seed pods is one thing that turns some people off because they think they they got to pick them up or whatever. But I, that's just part of the tree, you know. No tree is gonna have every good bit of everything. Yeah, you might have some fruit that you have to pick up every once in a while, but you get the nice flowers and the nice big leaves. To me, like that's worth it, if you ask me. <laughs> Sean, you're, I think you're the first arborist that brought up Catalpa. That's pretty cool. And second on the list. This is exciting. Uh, how big does it get there in Colorado? Uh, I, I'm probably not at what you're seeing in Ohio. Uh, they can get pretty big. Uh, I'll say averagely we're seeing them the 30 to 40 feet, but they can definitely get much bigger. That's uh, about the size of the one that I grew up with, so all right. similar. All right. Mm -hmm. what's, what's next on the list? This is fun. Uh, I mean, pretty much any type of crab tree, uh, you know, especially the snow crab, uh, snow crab apples, uh, everything, uh, they got the big showy white flowers with the snow crab. Then you go to any other kind of the crab apple kind of stuff. You'll get the pink flowers. Uh, but I will say I, you see those everywhere here. That's something that they're not a big tree. You know, they get between 15 and 30 feet at the most. They fit right about that 20 feet round, uh, uh, to me, they you see those everywhere, like I said, and they got the nice flowers that everyone's looking for. Uh, you, if you get the crab apples, you'll actually get the actual crab apple fruit that you'll have to pick up. That's kind of annoying. There's also apple trees that can grow here. Not as many of them, but the, if you want the flowers, snow crab makes sense to me. So we've talked a lot about crab apples, uh, especially when we're talking to arborists in the east. Mm -hmm. Do you have the same kind of problems we have out here? We have got apple scab really bad here, but I'm wondering in your climate, do you do you battle it? I wouldn't say we battle it. It happens every once in a while. You know, the, the apple scab it goes between like the junipers and everything, uh, which does happen. Uh, we fire, we go with fire blight. So we have to fight a lot more here, uh, okay. uh, which I'm sure there is out east. Uh, but the fire blight, it's definitely something that we have to make sure that, which is nice for winter pruning to making sure that we can prune trees in winter so we don't get making sure that we're keeping the fire blight as minimal as possible uh but that's main thing that we're fighting with apples when does your uh your spring kick in big time or has it already uh i wouldn't say kicked in big time uh trees are just showing their leaves right now and i say like just showing uh we have especially uh talk about flowering trees maples uh, which they don't really flower like everyone thinks they have like the bud swells that people think of but they're actually the flowers of the tree uh those are showing really heavy right now 
And uh, I will say, just drove around, you know, past couple of days and can see the, the apples and the crab apples and everything. They're just showing the, the green leaves are just coming through. So it's all just starting out. Tell me a little bit about what you get out of your job working with trees and working with people. Uh, I mean, I've always been an outdoors person. You know, I uh, since middle school, you know, I was in Boy Scouts and everything, did the whole thing. Uh, went to school uh, in college, East Texas, to Stephen F. Austin State University, home the Lumberjacks, Axum Jacks. Uh, did that, uh, you know, got my degree, uh, bachelor's in forestry, started out Davie, Dallas, uh, was there for a couple of years, had a great time, started groundsmen, climbing trees, became a foreman, uh, switched out to Denver a couple of years ago, uh, was doing the same thing here, doing PHC, went in kind of moving up from there to SSC, uh, sales and service coordinator, did some, did the sales arborist whole thing and like, uh, you know, selling tree work. And now I'm the assistant district manager helping run the place and it's going, going really well. I, I love working outdoors. I love looking at trees. It's a weird, weird thing to love, but it, I, I do, do love trees. <laughs> well, it's great to see another Boy Scout. I, I think that gives you a great foundation, especially, Definitely. especially, uh, for loving the outdoors and leadership, I think. So, uh, what else do we want to talk about tree wise? Uh, so we go in some trees that, you know, that are less common, but they, people do plant them for the flowers. There's a, you know, red bud, which they don't get super tall here at all. They're usually much, much smaller. Again, the heart shaped leaf, like the catalpa, uh, but you get the nice pink flowers and everything. Uh, to me, like when those are flowering, they look great. Problem is, if we get that Mother's Day freeze, they can those flowers can be gone almost immediately, and that's one of the reasons, like I said, that we don't have a bunch of them is because we get that April or May freeze, the flowers, the buds, they're gone, and that's that's it. So on a red bud, how often would you say that happens where they freeze out, where they're only there for a short time? I would say most of the time. <laughs> oh, that. Well, that's the way it goes sometimes, you know, here in the East, we and we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks as, as we've got into our spring, magnolias for us are mm-hmm. like that. It's, it's just like, you know, uh, we're, we're seeing them burst out right now and we're crossing our fingers because we could get the same thing. We could get, we could get that, uh, you know, late spring freeze. Uh, talk a little bit about coming out of winter and, mm-hmm. and, and just you know, when you have a, a tough winter, just the rebirth and, and we're seeing the red buds and the crab apples and everything bloom. There's just nothing like it. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, when things start flowering, they and we, let's say if we have the, the perfect winter that it doesn't come late and everything, when we have the flowers, like that the species that we have, it's beautiful. Like all the colors we have get a little bit, you know, the green coming through and the leaves with the white and pink flowers coming through different things. It all just looks great. And I, I love the color. Like a lot of this, a lot of stuff that people add here, uh, they, a lot of people worry about the fall color because that's more likely to happen. You know, people plant different species going for like the red colors going into fall, but the spring looks great when we get the nice, it's usually white flowers, some pink flowers here and there, but it all looks really great, honestly. I'm still excited just that you talked about a catalpa tree. I, I can't, <laughs> can't get that out of my head. Uh, growing up with a catalpa tree is so, is so unusual and such a cool tree. And, and again, you know, we're always looking for something 
a little bit different to put into the landscape. And a Catalpa could go a lot of different places and a lot of different mm-hmm. a lot of different regions. So you keep going on that list. I want to see how far you're going to go here. Uh, that's, uh, that's a lot of trees we've talked about already. Good. Uh, golden rain tree. If you heard of that one. I've heard of it, but you're going to have to school me on that one. Give me, give me all the details on that one. Uh, uh, so, you know, it's got the, the reason called golden rain tree. It's got these yellow flowers that are kind of like speckling off of it. So it's kind of like looks like it's golden rain as it's coming down the flower. It's on like a big stem with the flowers coming down. It looks really cool and uh, got the normal like light green uh, leaves and everything. Uh, but the flower is just. When it's called golden rain, it literally looks like just yellow flowers raining down right over you, and the, it looks very, very cool, honestly. Sean, I'm, I'm that's that's the second tree now that you've come up with that, and I've been doing this podcast for a while. That's <laughs> the second tree that I think you're the first one to to bring up. How big does that thing get, and when do, when do you get those blooms? That sounds amazing. Uh, usually, they go uh, sometime late spring. Uh, I'm going to call them mid May, maybe. Uh, and, uh, they can go, they'll stay there through summer. Like some of them, like the, the, wow. the flowers will stay on there. Uh, but for the most part, just like you get the flowers come out, they look great. Uh, whenever I see one, uh, I, I make sure to always let the person know, like something we don't see too often. It's great to see. Uh, I actually get, when I get someone that says they want flower tree, that's one of my first trees I, I offer is, Hey, do you want a nice yellow flower? Cause it's something different versus, like I said, we usually see white and pink a different color which definitely adds to it tell me a little bit about citing that one where is the best spot for it man that sounds uh, cool. want a little bit of shade a little bit of sun uh especially like i said we're super dry so making sure that it's getting plenty of irrigation if you get it in too much sun it could just get soaked right out of it you know as the water just gets pulled right out so making sure it's kind of partial of both is a good way to put it uh i wouldn't say next to a house but kind of a way that the, the shade of the house can kind of help keep it there they don't usually spread out heavily so they're, they're kind of more more straight up so it's not something you have to worry about like it's going to be over your house or anything it's like a bigger tree uh but they they, they get i say decent size you know 20 maybe 30 feet and yeah, that's kind of the average of most of our trees anyways <laughs> man oh man you're on a roll brother <laughs> good <laughs> are we still continuing are there still more trees on that list of yours i got a few more jeez uh, again, none of these are native. We're just kind of planting them here. Uh, some there's uh, ornamental pear, uh, ornamental plums. Sorry, ornamental plums. Uh, you know they got some pinky flowers that go on. But what's nice is after the flowers go, uh, you got the purple leaves. So it's at least a different color in the landscape overall. Uh, that's kind of what I think of. I like to think of all four seasons of how things work, especially with how we have the winter. Like if we, if say if we have that late freeze, we have no flowers. Well, then we have no color. So I like to think about every season when I'm doing kind of picking when people ask me what kind of species I think, well, what are you looking for? What are you looking for color? Are you looking for color in the fall, summer, spring, what are you looking for? Uh, that's kind of the kind of thing I think of, at least. And so that adds to it. When does your spring tree planting start in earnest, or has it? Uh, very, very soon. Uh, so it's usually late April into May and through May. And then usually start getting, if you go start planting into June, you're taking some risk of okay. some of them dying. Uh, just, the, just the heat, just immediately with the, with the planting shock. But I would say late April into May. And usually people say like the May 1st through 15th is a good thing. But for the fact that because we have the late 
winters. Uh, some people don't even turn their irrigation on until about mid-May. So we try to work with that when we're doing plantings. Yeah. So for spring planting in your climate, how important is, is uh, watering through the season? beyond uh important wow. i always i always tell everyone that the first year is the most important with keeping it watered uh anytime that you can get a sprinkler on it even if your irrigation is running if you can get a sprinkler just to add a little more water that would always be helpful that first year is super super important uh, especially as we go through the summer and then we get into the to the winter if you can water in the winter is always preferred because even when we get snow it's so dry that it's not even going to like soak down and give the tree anything so hand watering is kind of the thing we try to recommend and it's not always the best thing to do but it's what you got to do can you give me an idea on how much water i should be putting on a tree i, I on a newly planted tree i i know it has to depend on the sun and the site and the size of the tree but how do i know if i'm putting enough water on it uh, like you said, it all would depend on the species, the placement, yada, yada, all, all those things. Uh, but, you know, the main thing would be uh, amount of gallons. Uh, you know, we always talk about overall with trees with the amount of diameter of the tree, about 10 gallons per inch of the tree. So you put new planted tree, usually roughly around two inches. So doing about 20 gallons a week would be like the minimum, I would say, especially with the new planted tree, uh, which that can be a lot more as the tree gets bigger and everything. Uh, but making sure it's getting plenty and plenty of water. It's one of those things that when people ask me how much, I give them the amount of numbers. And then I usually just say as much as you can, okay. because even in summer, we get little to no rain. Uh, it's pretty dry uh, all the time. Just if you can get water to it, it'd be preferred multiple multiple gallons would be my answer did you just yada yada me through uh, a tree i'm so planting? sorry <laughs> <laughs> anything left on the list john uh it would be little ones that are uh kind of here be like a hawthorn tree so cockspur hawthorn and russian hawthorns uh they got the white and sometimes pink flowers um they don't usually get super big. So it's one of those things, if someone says they want a flowering tree just right next to their patio, it's something I would recommend because it gives a little bit of shade for them, but it's also the flowers would be more at their head height so they can just see them right there. Uh, that's something that it's a little tree that I recommend to people because like I said, they don't get super tall. So it's a way that they just stay right there, get the flowers, and then you'll have some fruit that might get some birds that'll come by. And that usually adds a little more to that as well. You know, I don't know much about hawthorns yet. I I hear arborists talk about them often. Mm -hmm. Is it a tough tree? Oh yeah, it's they're actually pretty uh, uh, drought tolerant, which is something that really helps with us. Uh, like I said, because so much we don't get much moisture at all. Getting the uh, drought tolerant species really does help. Uh, the only thing to worry about them is they're called hawthorn for a reason. There's definitely uh -huh. thorns on them. You even could go to the nursery and they'll say that they're thornless. And then that turns out to be wrong. So <laughs> it happens all the time. Uh, but for the most part, they, they're they nice, pretty hardy trees for here. And I think they work really well. Sean, before I let you go, and that was a great list of trees. And boy, some unique stuff in there. Really cool. Tell me a little bit about the thing that you get the, the, the most out of from your job. What's the funnest thing? 
Uh, the most fun would uh, just be, honestly, just being outdoors talking to people about their trees. Uh, I do really enjoy uh, teaching people about their trees. You know, anytime I go to someone's house, I just ask, like, do you know what kind of tree you have? Is what I always ask, because if they don't know, I'm like, oh, I can totally like go into any kind of detail that they want, uh, depending on what they're really interested in. And I, I definitely like to teach people what I've learned over my multiple years with the tree business overall. And it's just, I, 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 like I said, I really, really like trees. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Uh, give me the name of that golden tree again. I'm looking at that rain tree. Golden rain tree. Yes. All right. I'm going to look that one up. I think that's something I'm going to have to find a spot for if it's uh hardy in my area. And I think it is. I would bet so. All right. Thanks again for your time. And what a wonderful, unique, great list of trees, Sean. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Thank you. What a great start to our two-part series. Next week, we'll dig deep into the best flowering trees for the eastern part of the country. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast. Where else are you going to have this kind of fun, right? As always, we like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer.